Clitorati. Today, you get a sneak peek inside our VIP membership community, Climax. We meet monthly with amazing pleasure seekers from around the world, and they have access to our favorite sex experts to ask all their burning questions and get direct coaching from us and our guest of the month. So this month, we are featuring one of our faves. Her name is Jessie Fresh. She is a sexologist, kink and erotic blueprint coach. And you may remember her from episode 214 when we talked all about things masturbation inside of your erotic blueprint. It was really awesome. If you haven't listened to that episode, do yourself a favor and check it out because it was hot. So today we are going to talk about overcoming sexual challenges and how they're connected to your needs not being met. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so inside of our Climax membership community, we always have a distinction of the quarter. And it's so perfect what our what our quarter distinction is inside of. So all of our members are graduates of our, our sex and empowerment curriculum. And there's four main pillars that we find really give you access to a pleasure positive life, which is a conversation we want to keep going. Mm-hmm. And the distinction of the quarter as a distinction in our course is responsibility. And inside of Pleasure Positive Living, we define responsibility as the willingness to be the source of your pleasure from your legacy ongoingly, your stand for the world ongoingly. And all the people in our VIP membership and Jesse and me and Katie, we are all inside of this really juicy conversation. And so I'm sure we're going to have a through line of responsibility in today's conversation as well. Mm-hmm. So pleasure, positive living. What is this? I want to define that for you. All right. Meow. So pleasure, positive living is about engaging in our lives from a place of honor. It means cultivating the courage, compassion, and connection to wake up in the morning excited to live the life you have designed for yourself. Mm-hmm. It's looking in the mirror saying, damn. I'm sexy from head to toe because sexy is a state of mind. It's about owning your authentic, roaring voice. The fact that you get to be responsible for your pleasure and taking aligned action inside of a life that turns you on. Mm. That is what we are all about here. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Cheers to that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Jesse, thank you so much for being here today. I, when you, when we were creating this evening, first of all, we were like, Jesse has to be the first person that we do this with. Aww. Our community is going to love her. And when you really, when we were coming up with the conversation for today, it blew me away, like overcoming sexual challenges and how they're connected to your needs not being met. I think that is mm-hmm something so universal that everybody can relate to Mm -hmm. on some level. So Mm -hmm. let's just jump right in. I know that there's a huge through line of this is really why you got into coaching around sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The first like deer in the headlights moment that I had while having sex with a partner um, was them asking like, what do you want right now? And I had no response. I was just totally frozen. Um, And that became really, I mean, it's really difficult to, for at that time for me to understand, like, what do I, what do I even want? Um, And I can tell you what I was experiencing was I was experiencing um, being stuck in my head often. I was experiencing having like hypersensitivity to touch and feeling jumpy. 
um, I was having, I was getting pissed off because it wasn't getting turned on. You know, I was having that expectation of like, yeah, we're having sexy time. And then I'd be like, why am I not getting turned on? And then I would start to grow frustrated and then angry. And that ultimately would be um, a boner killer for everybody (laughs) involved. (laughs) Um, And often led to like a complete shutdown of like no more sex, like arguing, um, just major frustration. And I deeply loved the person that I was with at the time. And I, I wanted to figure out like, is, is, am I broken or is there something else that I just don't understand? And Mm. what I didn't understand was that, um, the things that I was experiencing of being stuck and, um, being frustrated was directly related to me not getting my needs met. And at the time I, I didn't even know what the needs were. So I didn't know how to ask for them. Um, so I started studying the erotic blueprints and those give such a direct pathway to understanding if you're experiencing this challenge, it's because this need is not happening. Mm. Um, so that is how I have become, I've been all five of the erotic blueprints, uh, both by um, lots of uh, challenge and suffering, <laughs> yeah. um, but also I'm just, I think, a dark witchy woman and tend to find the gold in the um, struggle and have then realized that through experiencing these um, deeper challenges, I then get to learn like, okay, these are my needs and my needs have shifted which I know that in your program, you guys are talking about desire. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, as soon as I learned what I authentically desired, my desires would change, which um, I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know that desires shift and change. And so I thought that I like, I cracked the code, I figured it out. And then as soon as my needs got met overwhelmingly in a really wonderful way, they would shift. So Mm. um, Interesting. Now I've been all five of the erotic blueprints and I no longer experience any of the struggle because I know as soon as it starts to show up that I can engage myself and take that responsibility to engage my pleasure. Um, and I know like the the touch that I need or the things that I need, I need to adjust, even if it's in a partnered scenario. So I'm here to share with you like how to kind of understand these pathways of pleasure and how they relate to the challenges that might be showing up as well. Yes, please. Let's let's, <laughs> let's have that conversation. All of our everyone's shaking their head on Zoom. Lots okay. of nods all around. Lots of nods in, the, in the gallery. <laughs> I'm curious too, like if if anyone here has had any of those other those challenges show up. Because I think before I knew about this information, I just thought like I was alone. Um struggling when sex was just, you know, supposed to be like magic and fireworks and hot all the time. Um, so I'm just curious if, if any of you identify with any of those challenges too. Um, so Daniel, yeah, go ahead. Did you want to share? You yeah, I think yeah, not knowing what you want, I think, and then not being able to ask for it. I think there's the two main things or not feeling worthy enough Mm. is a a really big issue for me as well. You know, you want to get your man to the finish line and then, oh, okay, well, what do I want? I don't know. I'm bored now. Mm. I want to go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. 
Boredom. Yeah. Boredom is also one of the sexual challenges related to the erotic blueprints of being like, isn't there more, isn't there more for me to experience? So, um, thanks for describing that. Yeah. Not being engaged is a part of not having your needs met because you're maybe thinking of someone else and putting them first. So yeah. the, um, just to go into the erotic blueprints a little bit deeper in case it's a new topic, um, The erotic blueprints are a new finding in sexuality that outline five different kind of personality types that have to do with how you are wired for pleasure and arousal. Um, The sexologist that I studied with, Jaya, is the person that founded these. And she founded these by testing on hundreds of people um, to find out like how to bring their libido back to life. And she found that they there were five different patterns as to what people enjoyed for touch, um, what their needs were, how the environment needed to be. And so through understanding these types, we're able to then identify which we are, which you can be one or you can be three or you can be five, all five. Um, if you're special <laughs> like me, <laughs> um, you can have all the needs of all five of them. Um as well as they outline if you're having the sexual challenges show up. So um, let's see now. The So I'm going to enter into the blueprints and kind of let you know categorically like which which blueprint experiences what challenge and then what the needs are of that, of that blueprint. Cool. Um, before I go into that... Um, I did not know this concept until this information came into my world that sexual disconnect happens when you aren't getting your needs met. So it's it's a direct correlation of like being bored and not having a certain need being met, being stuck in your head and a need not being met. So um, that is reassuring when I found out because it, it gave like a solution. Um, and again, to emphasize personal responsibility. um, A lot of the times in my past, when I was in a sexual challenge, it was very easy for me to point to the person that I was with and to be like, you're not doing this right. Or why isn't this working? Like something must be wrong with what you're doing. And um, everything got so much easier when I started taking personal responsibility for my pleasure and meeting my needs first, even in partnered sex. So Um, Often in my experience, what I was expecting was um, that the other person was going to bring me all the delight and enjoyment and pleasure. And I would kind of kick back and sit back. Um, I think the word for that is like a pillow princess. Yes, I love (laughs) being a pillow princess. I'm a pillow (laughs) princess. I'm okay, not a pillow, pillow princess. princess is like the um empowered version of that, but I know Wait, that like I yeah, thought a pillow princess talk- was like a girl that lets a girl go down on her, but she won't go down on a girl. <laughs> is that not a pillow princess? <laughs> I think that's in that category. That a pillow okay. princess is like, you know, okay, I'm gonna just maybe sit here I'm and not. do everything. Yeah. But I know that like in locker <laughs> talk with men, that like that's not called a pillow princess, that's called like being a fish. Like just <laughs> laying down and expecting it to happen, which I, I was like, I'm not going to, Oh no! like, am I the fish? Am I a fish? I think I was a fish because I didn't know what I wanted or needed. So I I was for sure. uh, I'm like a shark. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like an octopus. I'm very complicated. It needs to be different every time. (laughs) 
Amazing. So when you learn, when you take on that, like when you can recognize what your need is, um, when you're not being, when you're being the opposite of a fish, you're using your two hands to engage and to meet your needs. So um, you're not just receiving from the person, you're also receiving from yourself, which brings in like double the pleasure, double the fun. So I like to just kind of talk about that in a sense of like active receiving is you noticing that maybe you're experiencing some kind of challenge. You're not in the moment. You're not present. And as soon as you can catch that, you then go, oh gosh, okay, what do I need right now? How can I use these amazing hands to like engage touch or engage sensation, engage pleasure in some way? Okay. Now into the sexual challenges. So the first erotic blueprint is the energetic. When I say energetic, um, these people can feel energy. They're not energetic in the sense of like being really hyper. They can just sense and feel energy of other beings. They can sense your emotions. They're just highly aware of like the force fields that we have around us that we can't see. And um, what they need most to get aroused is to feel safe and for things to be at a slower pace because it's enough for their body to digest the information without getting overwhelmed. I feel like this is me a little bit. I feel like I need to be in a sensory deprivation tank in order to come sometimes. <laughs> it's like, I, if I were yeah. to try to touch myself, I feel like it would be too, I would get, I would distract myself. I have to like really focus. I don't know if that's like, I'm like, can't get out. I need to get out of my head. <laughs> You're leading me into the the sexual challenges of the energetic blueprint, which is Perfect. when they try to engage in pleasure and they are not fully in a space where like primally they feel safe, they um, will begin to feel tense. So they feel tense. They feel a little jumpy. Like say that if your partner is like, you know, coming up behind you and wanting to like snuggle you and grab you, it kind of can make this jumpy kind of um, ears or, or your shoulders come into your ears and a freeze response. Yeah. If if my husband, husband, a lot of head nods on Zoom. My right husband, <laughs> yeah. we have this rule because he used to do this tapping thing to get my, even get my attention like out of the bedroom where he would like come up behind me and like tap no. me. And I'm like, oh, no, man. I'll be like, oh shit. Like what? Yeah, I'm in trouble. Yeah, totally. My oh. whole system just... So I'm like, we got to No tapping. <laughs> no tapping. No tapping, please. Don't yes. tap me. But yeah. even when we're driving in the car and he'll go to put his hand on my thigh. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the weight of his hand is too much or the how quick mm -hmm. it landed on my skin. Like I almost need it in slow motion, like one, 1,000. Like I need to like totally. see it. Like take a minute until that hand actually lands on my thigh to not jolt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're describing that feeling of recoiling, which is like one of the least sexy feelings that can happen. Um, yeah. It's really difficult to recoil and then to be like, oh yeah, I'll relax my butthole now. Like it just does not, <laughs> it does not work, which your butthole has to be relaxed in order for you to be relaxed and to experience pleasure. And so it's one of those moments where basically your body's going into fight, flight, freeze, but in a that is way. that If I've never heard a quote, a more quote, your butthole needs to be relaxed in order for you to receive pleasure. That's true. Like you need to be yeah. so relaxed that your butthole is like, I think I walk through life with a tense butthole most of the time. I literally have a video in our sex, Clit Talks Hottest Sex Tips about 
emptying your body to experience full pleasure. And part of that is releasing your butthole. Do I have a stick up my butt? Is that my problem? It's a practice, you know? So your, your, your eyes have a sphincter in them, which is your pupils. Um, all of your pupils are, or I mean, sorry, all of your sphincters sphincters are connected. And so when we experience safety, our sphincter in our eye relaxes, therefore the sphincter in our booty relaxes too. And so sometimes it's just a good practice to be like, you know, I'm trying to get into a sexy mood. Like what can I do? Kind of take inventory, like how relaxes my butt right now? Um, because it just helps to kind of relax the whole system. Mm-hmm. I did that when I was acting a lot too, to really be able to go into an audition. Yeah. Relaxed. Yeah. Like that was actually, I had a coach who that was kind of what she taught. <laughs> I love acting that. coach told you to loosen your butt. To butthole. keep your butthole open. Yeah. That's brilliant. The social media content from this conversation is <laughs> off the chains. Like okay, I'm just yeah. living for the day where, where we're going to promote this episode and we're just going to have like a piece of content that's just like, how relaxed is your butthole? How relaxed is your butthole? <laughs> Everyone's going to stop scrolling in their feed and just be like, wow, like I haven't thought about that before. How relaxed <laughs> well, I, is my butthole? <laughs> I also wonder like how many times throughout this conversation, just since we've been talking about this, like have you consciously tried to release the tension in your butthole? Yeah, or I've tightened done, it I've more. It like times. At least, <laughs> at least four more times. times. <laughs> I'm doing like a pulsation thing. I'm just like okay, at this point, good. flexing it. I'm flexing. You're flexing your butthole. Okay. Okay. So the, so the energetic needs, um, like you were describing, uh, Madison, that like the slow motion is how they really feel more enticed by touch and by engagement because it's, it's at a pace enough that makes them go like, Ooh, ooh yeah, more like I want, mm. I want more of that. So if touch is too fast, um, if things are happening too quick, if if sex is mimicking like how the media shows it, how movies show it of like ripping clothes off and passionately kissing for an energetic, they are going to get a little stuck and recoil. So that's when slowing down, doing slow touch on yourself is needed. Mm. Okay, now the sensual. The sensual blueprint um, is keenly aware of all of their senses the way things sound, the way things smell, the way things taste, the touch, um, and the way things look. And so they really, uh, need all of those things to be just in a, in a pleasurable space for them to be in the zone, to be present, to be in pleasure. Um, when that is not happening, when, when something is off, they often can get stuck in their head. For instance, this is how I entered into this work. I was constantly stuck in my head during sex. I was looking at holes that were in the wall in front of me. And I was, I was imaginarily patching them with like putty instead. of. And my partner's like, you know, stroking my body, caressing my body. And I'm just kind of like, you know, hopefully I get turned on soon. And then I'm like, oh, should I paint the walls pink? You know, it just was a terrible um, experience to be so far out of my body in a sense. So sensuals, when they get stuck in their head, they begin, they can also begin to feel incredibly picky. Like that when the touch just isn't quite right. And it kind of makes them like, be like, Oh, what's the next touch? Like what else can be more engaging and exciting than this? 
I feel like I have and, all the shadow sides of all of these. <laughs> now I'm feeling like I have them all. <laughs> okay. Well, we so only far. have two so far and um, it's possible to experience all of these if you are the shapeshifter blueprint. Mm. So, and some people I've coached that are just in the um, challenges of all of the blueprints because they have basically been starving their needs for so long that yeah. their needs are like hangry. Mm. But this is basically what's it. Hangry is a great example of what's happening when we're hangry. We're really just hungry, but then we're like bitchy and pissed off and like quick and like, you know, ready to just like, um, and that's what's happening when your sexual needs aren't being met too. the volume becomes louder and louder on the sexual challenges. That's so fascinating that you say that. I feel before this project, I was a lot more in my masculine and like, I think mm-hmm. I am still very quick. I'm just a quick person, but I I do notice the difference, right? When I'm, when I'm regularly having orgasms and when I'm not, I have mm-hmm. not been lately mm-hmm. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. totally honest. <laughs> I have not lately either. Um, I've been having enough for the both that. of you combined. Don't worry. That doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> I'm not feeling a lacking, but it's not happening and that's okay. Yeah, Yeah, there's different flows that show up. Mm -hmm. Um, So for the sensual, they can get so distracted by what's off that their arousal might not be showing up. So arousal for them needs a lot of, um, needs a lot of indulgence and needs like no timeline. Because if you're like, let's do a quickie, they're like, ah, okay. a quickie is not necessarily like how they seduce their senses. So as soon as there's like a timeline or even I used to pressure myself and be like, you know, like hurry up and like get aroused and like, you know, keep up with your partner. And then as soon as I would do that, it sends your body into a state of stress and stress and arousal don't show up together. Wait. So how do you move past that? (laughs) What's that? Like that's when you ask yourself, okay, like how do I engage my senses more? Is it through touch? Is it that I um, taste something really yummy? Like, do you need to bring like chocolates and berries into the experience? Do you need to put on some music to seduce your ears? Do you need to, um, Mm. let's see, I did taste. Like put a dildo in your mouth. Totally. (laughs) Uh, Tasting something, you know, but that's, so we did sound by putting on a playlist, um, tasting something yummy touch like changing the touch to be really engaging if caressing is like not doing anything for you like how about scratches how about um something a little bit more deep um for sight I mean I really had to deck out my space on the off time in order to not be preoccupied by what was off in the sexy time so I cannot come in a messy room it just doesn't happen (laughs) yeah so it's worth it to like, you know, pick up the laundry on the floor or to like make the bed before you get into it or to, you know, decorate and make your room like a sexual sanctuary Ooh. or a sensual sanctuary. Something I love that. that. Should we all just... take on that challenge? Make our rooms a sexual sanctuary? I've Can already I... done that with my room. My room is legit like a... I'm not room. talking to you, sugar. I'm talking <laughs> to somebody else. We know you're having all the <laughs> orgasms. We know. Yeah. But definitely yeah, what enough a- orgasms for all of us. I got it. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And you're still in your 20s. <laughs> Ouch. No, I mean, that is a huge part of sensual and sexual self-care is like decking out your space so that when you walk into it, your space is already turning you on. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. Literally the, so one of my spiritual mentors, she actually lives with me and my husband. I feel so grateful to have that space. And she is like definitely my sensual and spiritual like mentor. And I recognize Mm. that she's also not, you know, we're not peers. We're not the same age. She's had a lot to teach me. Her fucking room is a goddamn palace. Yeah, <laughs> like I look at her room is legit. It's it's right across my room. My my room's a sexual sanctuary. Sure. You look at her room, it's like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> you should get permission from her to do a virtual tour and we can share it with all the climax members and put it on our Instagram. Honestly, like it's super, yeah, it's super inspiring. And I just want to brag for Lindsay, because you just created a kind of level of this where Lindsay just, Lindsay got engaged, right? And then they were moving into their like wedding home, like the home they're going to live in while they're engaged. And they're looking for three bedrooms, looking for three bedrooms. They couldn't find something that was like, I was like, why don't you just look for a two bedroom and just get like two master bathrooms? I mean, two master bedrooms. Yeah, Lindsay literally instantly found her like dream. Like five minutes later, I was at her house. I was like, (laughs) with two master bedrooms. Ooh. And so he has a his room and she has a her room. Mm. And they get Pussy Palace in the Dick Dungeon. (laughs) We live in the Magic Castle. (laughs) Amazing. So good. Oh my gosh. And yeah. my room is very pink. I was like, well, fuck it. If it's my room, I'm going full pink. I have, I'm going to get like a big puffy chandelier. So I guess I am doing this. There's yeah, crystals you are everywhere. Doing <laughs> and the other thing about this is inside of your blueprint, you have a, you're high on the kinky scale. So what's, mm. there's a kinky element to the his and her room because they have, they get to like invite each other over. Yeah. It's, you want to come so, into my room tonight? Yeah. It's also pretty um, energetic as well because energetics really need their own like their own space to kind of like shed the energy from being bombarded by everyone else's energy. Mm -hmm. So having space brings in anticipation, makes that craving happen of like, you're so far away in the other room. I haven't seen you all day. (laughs) Um, You know, it's a fun way to switch it up for sure. Yeah, it is fun. Okay. Now ready for the sexual stuff. Cause I feel like we're actually moving into that. Great. So there's the sexual blueprint now is the blueprint um, that needs certainty because they like to fuck. They want to get down and it's easy for them. Um, It's something as essential as like eating food, sleeping, drinking water and sex for them. They need that to be met. Um, Otherwise, they can experiencing these these challenges they when they don't have their sexual energy expressed um whether that's with a partner or on your own a lot of the self-responsibility while being a sexual blueprint um in partnership is regularly masturbating because it is Mm. taking care of your own self-pleasure so that you don't become a hound needy like hyena because that's how much sexual energy they can have sometimes that's just like because it can lead it can lead to I mean if you have really high desire and there's nowhere to put it it can feel like torture and that torture can sometimes feel like you know like you have a sexual thought come up like every five minutes throughout your day it can drive you batty and then can make you kind of have horny rage so horny rage horny rage where you're like i just need to fuck you know that's definitely not me (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm not a shark anymore i'm a hyena (laughs) (laughs) you're a needy hyena (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's a reflection I've gotten from my partner who's highly energetic. I mean, I'm highly, mm-hmm. I'm all the blueprints. I'm like equal, like 22.222% mm-hmm. across the board. Um, and <clears throat> my husband's highly energetic though. And mm-hmm. he's been, he's like, I just need my own like room in the house or my own space in the house sometimes. And I, I feel like I need to create that for myself. So I'm supporting him and creating that for himself at the moment. But awesome. something that we've overcome in our journey is uh, there was a narrative that he had that I was really needy around sex and I would get mm-hmm. really defeated. Like what? Like, I feel like you're not meeting my needs. It's not that mm-hmm. I'm not that I'm needy. And for years, years, mm-hmm. the tension was just, and he would say that mm-hmm. I took some therapy or, you know, decent amount of therapy to like really break through that. But um. Yeah, I I feel like I'm I'm so excited to share with him about about the the hyena reference because <laughs> yeah. I think he's just gonna get he's gonna so he's gonna feel so gotten for all those years when I was this hungry hyena mm-hmm. of a wife. Um, and anyways, I appreciate the way that you're 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 describing all of this right now so much. Yeah, they can really end up questioning their lovability when they're not having sex with their partner, mm-hmm. and that can be that need can be fulfilled on your own if you are doing a like self-love self-pleasure masturbation practice as a like this is part of my self-care this is what I need to feel validated to feel grounded to feel um confident walking through the world so it's it's helpful for sexual blueprints to have a pleasure practice that is elaborate and indulgent because sometimes they're like you know what I just need to get off And that sometimes isn't as satiating as partner sex because partner sex, you kind of have to pace things differently. So for sexuals, like get elaborate with your um, self-pleasure practice, go for it on all levels. Okay. Now moving into the kinky blueprint. So the kinky blueprint enjoys taboo, enjoys edgy things, enjoys, um, you know, like what is off limits sort of what's risky. Um, and they need to know that what they desire is not weird, that their kinks are celebrated because the challenges that they can kind of, um, bump into is constantly questioning, like, why do I like this? Like, what is it about me or what's wrong with me? Or, um, like for instance, I had a good relationship with my father. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And yet I still want X, Y, and Z. Why do I want to pretend to be the babysitter so much? (laughs) I, yeah, I had this experience where I was playing like a, like a desires game called bossy massage where you, the rules are that like the person receiving gets to ask whatever they want, whatever comes to mind, as long as the receiver is willing to give it, they will. And they're giving like without expectations. So one of the desires that showed up for me was, I was like, well, I want to be wrapped up and like squeezed in a blanket. And I was like, wait, that's what babies receive. Babies get like swaddled. And then I was Mm. like, why do it? Why would that be like a sexual thing? Like we're in like a sexual context. So I got into this, like, why do I want to be swaddled? And like, what is, that's weird. Like, why would you want that? And then because of knowing this information, I stopped and was like, stop asking why you just want what you want and that's okay. And so I was able to ask then. Um, So they can get really stuck in the like, but why? Like, why is this a valid form of pleasure in a sense? 
Um, they also can get, if their needs of exploring their kinks are not happening, they can end up going into fantasy land. Like I've heard a lot of clients say like, you know, in order for me to fully be immersed in a experience with a partner um, and get me like to an orgasm space, I need to fantasize about the scenario that's super kinky for me that then gets me to a place of, of climax. So yeah. they can kind of like pop out of the experience um, and utilize their kinks in a fantasy way, but sometimes it feels disconnecting from the present moment. Anyone kinky mm. here? I am. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did the. I did the first time I ever took the quiz. It was like you are ninety five percent kinky. Oh shit! <laughs> that is very kinky. <laughs> but I think. But it's interesting because when you mentioned that, like when when something's not getting met, it kind of goes into hyperdrive. I think mm. that because now that I have managed my kinkiness a bit more, <laughs> I see yeah. my other you know, personalities inside, like the sensual and the energetic yeah. popping out more because that need was just so hangry, hangry. Yeah. But now I think I'm a lot less kinky, actually. Like mm. yeah. I was in bed with my fiance the other day and I didn't want to call him daddy. I was like, I just want to have <laughs> sex with Ryan tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You're not pent up anymore. I'm not pent up anymore. It's so flowing. Yeah. That, so it's interesting. Yeah. That's how that can happen is that like, Sometimes the needs that are the most hungry that need to be fed in a sense, or like, you know, fully received are the things that come out the loudest. Yeah. Um, and then once they are fed, it's like, you get to kind of experience more full spectrum of what it yeah. is that your desires are, because that one got like quieted uh, yeah. or it's like, you know, it, once I started, um, after a half a dozen stuff, orgies, I was like chilled a little bit more. <laughs> Yeah, after my sex party world tour, I was like, yeah. maybe I don't need I to like, go to one for a little bit, you know. Yeah, I'm good on the sex parties. Maybe for a I just want to like go on some like one-on-one -on -one dates. <laughs> that cup is full. Yeah. I just want missionary style tonight. <laughs> Give me something vanilla, please. Yes. Yeah. Um, um that's how you can think of these needs sort of too, is like we all have like uh different needs and when they're in like a little cup and you're you're like, you know depositing kind of um the meeting of those needs then once that cup is full usually it kind of rests and goes away it, yeah. the need doesn't doesn't come up as strongly yeah. as passionately yeah yeah I remember there's like I, I went through a phase where I was like very interested in one very specific kind of porn and then I watched it and watched it watched it, and then I was over it now I'm it kind of reminds me of like hyper fixations with food yeah. You know, like sometimes we get into this like one meal and then we just like want to have it all the time. And if you have it like three nights a week, then by like a month in, you're like, I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't need that anymore. I mean, exactly. it's also like if you orgasm the same way over and over again, it's totally. going to, those neural pathways are going to get less and less sensitized. So it's going to, yeah, yeah, the novelty, the novelty mm -hmm. gets lost. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. And the last blueprint to review is the shapeshifter. The shapeshifter needs all of the things that we just mentioned of the four other blueprints. So they really want novelty. They need variety. Um, and they like a wild card. 
um, because routine is what kills it for them. So they can become really bored. Um, (laughs) If you do the same repertoire every time, if it becomes predictable, they begin to check out. So if you notice that you're checking out, if you're bored, um, that can be a sign that you're a shapeshifter. And also shapeshifters can have so many needs and desires that show up that change frequently that it can feel somewhat overwhelming to have to ask for those things, to have to be really curious about like, well, what do I want now? I'm bored, obviously. So like, what is it that I want? Sometimes those answers don't show up as clearly. Um, And so sometimes it's their tendency to just focus on the other person in a couple's pleasure instead of like, you know, I'm like a Rubik's cube here. So like, let's just focus on you. And that way, like, I know that I can turn you on and therefore maybe like through osmosis, I'll get turned on and then it'll become easier. So they sometimes can put other others pleasure before theirs. And that sometimes when that goes on and on can create resentment. It can also create like lowering your libido because you're not as engaged and because you are just like giving from an empty cup that that becomes um, something that they're like, I'm just not that interested. Um, So that, that frustration of, you know, when I first became a shapeshifter, my desires changed every 20 seconds. So Mm -hmm. as soon as I would receive and figure out what I wanted, it was like, okay, and now the next flavor. Okay. And now the next flavor and then the next flavor. And my partner for one was not ready to be that uh, malleable. And I was somewhat ashamed of wanting so much. And so that, that too muchness was what shifted me into being like, you know, we'll just focus on you and then hopefully I'll get back, back into it. Um, So it's really helpful for them to activate that novelty, to create variety in their experience. And if, if you are not receiving a wild card, kind of um, like a random new thing, you can always do that yourself in a partnered experience or in masturbation. Amazing. And I know we had, we had one of our, um, one of our members just took their erotic blueprint today, quiz today and had a question for you, Jesse, right? B. Yeah, so I think you're right. And I also highly feel that it's how I live in the normal daily life, too. Mm-hmm. You That's know? very common. Yeah. Uh, shapeshifters love buffets. They love, <laughs> they love like a variety experience, you know. Um, and and often they have more than like four hobbies going at once. They often are entrepreneurs sort of that have like three jobs. They it's, these all outline how you walk through your life. And of course, because pleasure is like a holistic part of our well-being and our sexual well-being that it reflects how we walk through like a platonic kind of world, but also sexy world too. So my question is, is, how do we we know that the higher center is a spiritual center, which we consider like the head part of the brain part? Mm-hmm. But I'm finding our pleasure center highly intelligent as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what the work that you guys are doing is resolving things like that mm. quickly. Mm. And I'm very brainy. Like, you know, I'm also high. <laughs> so I'm getting like was I supposed to walk back like upside down? 
like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. so intelligent and knowing and wisdom and very, very spiritual and sacred mm-hmm. that I, I'm how is that like, I mean, it can't. Like how, how do you explain that? How, what, I I could is, I would love to hear what Jesse says, but I I can actually add a little something to this. So that is exactly why we created the the modality that we have. You know, for for Katie Madison and myself, we had done so much spiritual and transformational work that was all very much in our minds, mm. and the missing link was our sacred sex center that brought Mm. everything together that had Mm. us feel that completeness as a human being. Mm. So yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) You, it it is, it, it is whatever your experience is. And I think for us to really be complete human beings, you know, there has been so much of a suppression of our sexual side. When we start to let it become alive, it almost feels like this being this spiritual being that we've been suppressing our whole life. Mm. Yeah, I think I was talking to Madison this uh, afternoon and I told Madison, Madison, I got to have I I have more blocks that needs Mm -hmm. to be resolved. And just in this call, it's like I can just tell like I took the quiz right before the call Mm -hmm. and I was like I was nervous. I was a bit surprised, but I was also very excited and I was also very relieved. And but I could. I can def- definitely feel the blocks, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I I kind of foresee that um, because I'm like, I'm not doing something right because I have more blocks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's you great. are doing something right if you're starting to notice more blocks, more pleasure blocks. Yeah. Well, just it's we call right it there. de-thawing, right? <laughs> if yeah. we're numb, we're, once, once we start de-thawing out, we become aware of all these opportunities, I would say, right? Like you could view them as blocks or as opportunities, right? As we talk about in, in our courses, this is, this is an ongoing conversation, right? We're just peeling back the layers of the onion. So now you're present to all the layers, which can be overwhelming or really exciting or both. (laughs) But if we, if we were to guide the new generation, the younger ones, you know, the younger girls in our family, should we tell them that pay more attention to the pleasure or do the brain work first? Like, I mean, how do, how do we, what do you recommend? Like, I can, did you want to go? No, go Jesse. Okay. Um, so there is like a revolution kind of happening now of like recognizing that pleasure is in every cell of our body. We're wired for pleasure. It is, a gift that that has been given to us that there's no mistake that that's how our bodies are are working um but that's been a, such a different narrative from the past because that's been seen as like you know pleasure is dangerous if 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 people yeah. really understand the power of pleasure like there can we can stand against like the patriarchy and all that stuff <laughs> um but I find that um, modeling pleasure as a lifestyle is one of the greatest ways that we can show future generations how to do it, you know, because that's how we learn best is through seeing others and modeling. Um, and so taking pleasure, <laughs> taking pleasure seriously as a lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, um, true. Yeah. It, Your it, pleasure positive yeah. life. That's what yeah. we're doing here. Yeah, it benefits you um, by you like meeting your own needs and and others being able to witness that and see the benefit of that. Um, and I find like you had said that 
like your mind being connected to the spiritual and, and pleasure and how that's all connected that I find um, that it's very similar to kind of like our body has a deep wisdom, the same way in which that we receive like insights, aha moments, downloads when we are present and meditative is the exact same thing that happens when we are in pleasure as well. Um, that voice that tells you that comes like almost like a download that tells you what it is that you need and desire. I, I jokingly call is like, it's your little whispers of desire and they're meant to guide you throughout, or this is my personal belief that those um, that's part of your intuition as well, that they're meant to guide you along this divine path. And it's deeply connected to your sexuality and to pleasure and to how you do life, but we've been so disconnected from yeah. living like that. Yeah, but it can true. all be reconnected. Absolutely. So be um, the example. Yeah. Be the, the pleasure the you want to see in the world. <laughs> exactly. There you go. That's a great t-shirt. <laughs> I love that. Be the pleasure you want to see in the world. Or yeah, exactly. exactly. And I you know, that. one thing I just want to like add to this to yeah. what to what Jesse created so beautifully, by the way. Ugh. Like there's just, just, there's a reason like we have certain favorites that we just like keep bringing back and like keep re-interviewing. And now you probably really understand why Jesse (laughs) is amazing. Um, I always learn something new every time we interact. It's just like you are uh, dripping with wisdom. (laughs) You're dripping. And I just learned what that term means. Like, (laughs) like by the younger generation, the drip means like you know, I'm trying to stay, yeah. hip, but drip means like, you know, that something's really, really, really good. Yeah. It's like, a vibe. Really it's a vibe. <laughs> it's a vibe. Yeah. I'm a vibe. So, That's yeah, what they're you're... all saying. It's a vibe. Yeah. A vibe. But dripping is like the newest. Oh, wow. I didn't know that Yeah. You're dripping with wisdom. And um, something that is key to pleasure is that it is experienced in the body. Mm. So we talk about getting out of our heads and into our body because that's where pleasure lives. The second you try to bring your cognitive brain to pleasure, you're analyzing versus experiencing and receiving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And something that uh, we can say, we can in our communication. So we need to be it first. That is the first layer of everything. And that's what we teach in our programs, right? Who we're going to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And so demonstrating by who you're being and, and living in your pleasure is the, is the first step. And then in language, when you see others, Maybe not. Maybe they're trying, like, maybe there's a, you're, you have a a niece or something. And she's like, I don't know what I want right now. Something that you can offer her in language is to to offer her to check in with her body. Like, we don't, we we all weren't raised that way where we were having adults be like, what does your body want right now, sweetheart? Right. Mm -hmm. But we can be part of, we are in creating the new paradigm actively as a collective of conscious beings bringing this this message that pleasure is our birthright and we can start to i mean if you said that to any a niece any young female child in your life that you're connected to maybe it's a friend's or child male. absolutely of course male mm-hmm. as well and 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 just have them check in with their body if they seem like they're not ask them like, what does your body want right now? And you could even do this yeah. with your friends. Like it doesn't have to be little kids, but I know you mentioned like, what do we do about the younger generations? But like even start doing this with your friends or yes, having, having people start get like getting aware of the somatic exactly. of their bodies. Yeah. That's a great place to start. That was an amazing. 
Um, well, Jesse, thank you so much. I feel like we could talk about this for hours. <laughs> I'm and so and I'm sure that people have more questions about the erotic blueprint and how they can. So, what is the best way for people to get more information about that? For more information about you, how can people follow you? How can people keep in touch with Jesse? <laughs> yeah, there are so many resources on my website, which is jessiefresh.com. It's J-E-S-S-I-E-F-R-E-S-H. There's the erotic blueprint quiz that's on my website. There are different like guides that I have that are free to help you understand things um, about your desires and about right. um sexual communication and things like that. And then also, of course, I'm uh, what I do mainly in my work is I'm working with people privately to really help them dive deep into making deeper changes um, surrounding their, their sexual pleasure. So Amazing. if coaching feels like, yeah, I want to dive into that, then that's something that you can find on my website too. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much. I'm Thanks sure we'll have me. to have you back on again. I'm sure everyone wants more time with you. Um, and with that, Clitorati, we're going to see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't leave.